Today we are talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ. The why the birth of Jesus Christ is so significant. But I'm not sure for you, but for me, the birth of Christ is so significant for me. It's so important. Not because of the shopping, not because of the eating, not because of family, but because of so many other things that Christ has done for me. But like many of us, a day like today is significant for something else. But as we look at Matthew, chapter 1, from verse 18 to 25, we find a community in Israel. We find a community by the name Jews that as much as most of us celebrating Christmas, there are many of those guys that never celebrated this day. Because for many of them, Christ was the birth of this boy was not significant for them. I want to appreciate my friend Andy here for wonderful singing. Andy, thanks so much. Mary, did you know? That your baby boy. Did Mary know that the baby boy that will one day be significant in our community? Aren't you to think for a minute? Aren't you just to take a moment and sit down? Maybe men, you may not understand this. Let me talk to the ladies. Aren't you to ladies to imagine? This little boy sitting with you at home, probably for Mary, in a manger. The animals have surrounded this young boy. And those of us who lived in farms, you know what animals are all about. Even if you don't see the, we call it cow dung in a culture, you can smell it somewhere. The certain smell that's around this baby. The certain sound that's around this baby. I want you to imagine Mary holding that young boy. Did she ever think that one day this young boy would be a king? Do mothers ever imagine that the baby that you've carried for nine months and they've come safely in this world, do you imagine the significance they carry for you? Do you imagine how this kid is so important in the society? The ways of God we can never and will never understand the ways of God. Because the image we see is not the image that God looks at. The Bible says that he looks in the inside, but man looks on the outside. You know, in our culture, in Africa, we define people by tribes. Because most of us, we look alike. So it's hard to tell who is who. So we divide people into tribes, clans, um, 
It goes even to communities like the Bantu, the Nilots, the, the Kushites. So you find that, yes, you may have, you may be, belong to a tribe, but even within the tribe, you belong to a group called the Bantu. Bantu, in short, means people. <coughs> Sorry. Um, within the communities, between the Bantus and the Kushites and the Nilots, the Bantus believe that they're more superior than the Nilots and the Kushites. They believe that they're so significant and they're more important than the Kushites and the Nilots. While if you go to the Kushites, they believe that they're more important and significant than the Bantus. Now, if you come to tribes, in Kenya alone, Kenya has over 52 tribes. 52. Now, each tribe believes that they're more superior than the other tribe in Kenya. And we make jokes around every tribe. I'm not sure about the West. But I know there's so much in the West that there's so many things that make us look so insignificant than the other person. We feel so less important than the other person in the West. And this baby was not different. This baby, the mother did not think this baby, probably the mother thought, or probably many people never thought that this baby will be so important to the community because where he was born was not a, a special hospital like Melbourne, the big city. His family were not the royal people in the community. The marriage itself was not like what we call in, in our culture a straightforward marriage because the mother was expecting when she went into that marriage. So nothing would be very, very significant for this young boy when he's being born in this community for people to call home about. So Matthew, writing to his community, says this is how the birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. How many men can you convince that you're, you're pregnant through the Holy Spirit and you're pledged to get married? How many men can you convince that I'm carrying a baby, but this baby is from the Holy Spirit? I mentioned the other day here that even Christians now, many of them have to do DNA to verify some of these things. The world is changing very fast. Because Joseph's husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to the public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And many people fearing God and loving and all that, this is what most of us would want to do because you don't want the embarrassment and the community shame 
to come before you. He continues to say, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived is in her, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. Think of this baby is not even born. Mary is nervous because the community, the society, is going to see her pregnant and she's not, and she's not even married. She's not married and she's pregnant. But the Holy Spirit uh, through the angel is reminding Mary that this child will save the people. Friends, we talk about faith in so many things, but I want to remind us that then we need more faith than now because Christ has come not only to teach but to remind us of the things that he taught before. Because people like Mary, they never had the experience of the Holy Spirit that the way we have it now. They never had the church every Sunday for somebody to stand in front of them and talk to them about the things of God and teach them about the word of God. They never had a home where the Bible is read to, the to them as children every morning. They never had families that surround them with fellowship and prayers every morning. But Mary does not doubt the Holy Spirit. Mary stands and Mary believes what the Holy Spirit is saying. I want to challenge us today because many times, even myself, I do it. Sometimes when God is speaking to my life, I, has, I still insist that God give me a sign like Gideon. Give me a sign to confirm that you are talking to me. And even when God gives us a sign, we insist that I want that sign to be in red and white. Doubt is a, the most dangerous thing that is killing us Christians. Because when doubt has been planted in our hearts, it takes away faith and it puts in us fear that removes the word of God from us and takes faith away from us so that we can doubt what God is putting in our hearts. But I want to thank people like Mary. They never removed doubt. They never brought doubt into their lives to allow faith to grow to, in order to be able to understand the word of God. It's amazing how the birth of of a baby changed the course of history and became a fulfillment of prophecy. The story of this young man was so significant and different. But why this birth so significant for us as Christians? Because there's nothing, like I say, to write home about. This boy was born in a manger. How significant can that be? This boy... The parents, the father was a carpenter. The mother was like any other lady around. 
But yet the birth of this young man was very significant in the community. I want you to agree and feel with Matthew when he's writing these words to his community. It's not hard to convince his community the importance of this young boy that was born to the community that was born at that particular time. So quickly, I want to give you three things that as we finish tonight, the first thing is the birth of Jesus Christ is so significant because it fulfilled the Old, Old Testament prophecy spoken seven years, 700 years before he was born. Like I said, this was so important for Matthew to remind his people that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. Verse 23, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It took Matthew to convince and write to his community that, yes, this child was born in a manger. He was born in a poor community. He was born all these things. But the prophecy, 700 years before, the Bible talks about this baby that is born. That's how significant this baby is. Matthew addressing most of the Jewish audience remind the Jews that about 700 years before Christ, a prophecy concerning Jesus' birth was recorded in the Old Testament. And you can see the prophecy in the book of Isaiah. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign that the virgin will reconceive and give birth to a son and he will call him Emmanuel. So Matthew is not just paraphrasing. Matthew is not just imagining. Matthew actually goes back to the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, and quotes the Bible. This is not just a man who was just any other person. This man, he reads the word of God and reflects back and sees that my community cannot understand that this is prophecy fulfilled. That many years ago, 700 years before, this message was prophesied, and we can see this is a young boy that has been born. When your birth is surrounded by many questions and challenges, some people may not understand your, your significance in society. And friends, this is, happens to us many times. When you go through challenges, when your life is surrounded by so many things, for some of us, is sicknesses. And some of us, is poverty. It's very easy to feel you're not important. It's very, easy to feel, to, it's very easy to feel that you're not significant in the community. But I want to remind all of us today that God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And that's why he created you. That the things that surround us, the challenges we face each and every time, do not define the purposes of God in our lives. Being born in a manger, walking at night by Jesus' parents, and the king wanting to kill him, and he had to be run away to be a refugee. In Africa, it's amazing because now refugees are running to the West. It's like we are paying back, but it looks like Egypt and other countries in Africa, those times, 
were giving asylum to some of these young people. And that ran away. But my message today is that even though we're surrounded by all these challenges, does not mean that they cancel or they remove the significance of God, the purposes of God, the plan of God in our lives. I've said in Africa, we're determined by tribes. And tribes determine who gets into power. Now, my wife comes from the biggest tribe in Africa. We call them the Kikuyu tribe. Now, Kikuyu tribe is quite big in Africa. Now, for you to form like government in Kenya, you have to have the tribe on your side. Now, in Africa, if you're in power, you have the capacity to own a number of things because you own the power. And a lot of leaders can use that to manipulate the people and show the people that your tribe is the lowest, is the smallest tribe, and your tribe means nothing as far as we are concerned. And that's why sometimes you see fighting in Africa because some people know they'll never be the president because the tribe is the smallest. So the most they can do is to pick arms and fight. And then when they start fighting, fighting actually brings them to the table to have a time of to negotiate, to be able to get a piece of the cake of leadership. But what, I'm, what am I saying today? I'm just reminding you that The birth of Christ had nothing to call home. But God had a plan. God had a purpose. God had a way for him. Number C, Isaiah foretold, foretold the amazing news that God was coming into history to dwell among men. And we can see in John chapter 1 verse 14, the, the Bible said that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. That John confirms what Isaiah prophesied. So Christ's birth fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy of Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now Christ's birth is so important because he was born of a virgin. That's meant to be point number two. Sorry about that. Number two is Christ's birth is so important because he was born virgin. It's important. And Matthew continued to write in verse 23 that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. That's the second part. Jesus was not born by natural conception because he had no earthly father. A natural conception would not give us a divine, supernatural Jesus. 
An initial conception, a person begins to exist, but Jesus existed before he was born. Jesus existed before he was. John confirms and says that you are not yet 50. And this is what Jesus was told. You are not yet 50 years old, they say to him. And you have seen Abraham. Jesus answered them and said, very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I was born. In other words, before I existed, before I was there, and this is what Jesus is reminding the people. And Matthew is writing just to highlight on that and remind people that that's what happened. And the last thing I want to share with us before I finish that Christ's birth is so significant because he was born to die for the sins of others. I'm not sure whether Mary knew about this, and if she knew about this, she would have actually embraced the baby. I don't think any mother would be so happy that you've gotten this little baby, and you're told this baby will die for other people. This baby will die for other people. I was talking to a friend the other day. He's trained to become a father in the Catholic Church. He's the firstborn in their family. Firstborn. He told me the day he chose to be a father, the parents cried. Because the parents were looking to forward for a grandchild. But he told the parents that I've given my life to Christ. I want to serve God as a father. He told me the parents cried. The, the parents felt that they'd been betrayed by him. I want to remind us that God is calling each one of us for a purpose, for a reason. And I, wanted, I, I encouraged him, I told him that I believe God has called you for a reason to serve him as a, as a priest in the Catholic Church. I don't know what my mom would have thought if I told my mom that I would be a priest at that particular time. So my question would be, why was Jesus born to die for the sins of others? Sin brings us guilt and punishment, according to Romans 3.23. It says that for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Uh, 3.23, sorry. A sinner forfeits spiritual life, the life of his soul. He's dead in trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And a sinner needs a savior. He took the wages of sins. Christ took your place of guilty. He died for your sins. And for all of us, not some of us, all of us, you need forgiveness. Make this your day of forgiveness. Make today your day of salvation. If you want Christ to remain relevant, if you want this day to remain significant in your journey, if you want this day to remain important 
then make this day as your day of salvation. Because Christ came to save you and I. That is the purpose. That is importance. That is the significance of the birth of this young child. As I conclude, I saw this guy wrote these words. His name is Fred, like me. Maybe today you don't feel so significant in our society or in your society or in your family. No one ever imagined a shepherd like David. A shepherd boy would become a king like David. No one ever, ever thought a worn-out prophet could change weather patterns through prayer. That's Elijah. He said it will not rain for three years. And for three years, it never rained. No one ever dreamt a beauty queen to, to rescue the Jewish people. Queen Esther, she was a nobody. She never felt significant in the community. But she became a queen because the plan and the purposes of God, no one else can stop. God had a plan and a purpose for her. No one ever expected a jelly covered baby would become the savior of the world. And to imagine that young boy lying down in a manger, the animals making noise with a lot of rubbish on the floor. No one ever thought this young boy will become a savior. And today we celebrate Christmas because of this young boy. We celebrate Christmas because of what Mary did. Mary never gave up. The shepherd never doubted when they ran and left the sheep to go and worship this young boy. The wise men who took the gifts, they never thought of going back to report to the king that the baby we found is a special boy, go and kill that young boy. They took a different direction. As I call Linda and the worship team to come back and lead us in the last song, I want you to stand up today. I want you to stand up where you are now, just to, to think about your own life. How significant is this day for you? How important is this day for you? Does this day only mean about gifts? Does this day only mean about traveling to meet family and celebrate Christmas with them? Does this day mean going for a holiday in Hawaii and other places and enjoy and have fun? Does this day mean for you? Why and how do you look at this day? Lord, I thank you for people like Mary. Lord, I thank you for the shepherds that never doubted the star and the message of the angel. And today, as we stand here to celebrate Christmas, I pray, God, that may you, may you each and every day continue to remind us to remain faithful to you. That we not allow doubt to come into our hearts and destroy the faith that you put in us, oh God. And today as your children, as your family, we pray that this day 
of your day. That will be a constant reminder of the work that you did for us on the cross. That the death Jesus you died on the cross was not for you what you did, but what we did ourselves. And we surrender this day to you. And I pray that God, maybe, just maybe, it could be one person that is standing here today and they feel less important. They feel they're not significant at all. They're feeling useless. They're feeling hopeless today. I pray that Lord may use the story of Jesus to give them confidence, to give them the strength and hope knowing that you have a purpose and plan for them for the future. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.